Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Financia, Coast to Main Podcast, and the host of the Source Financia YouTube channel, of course, back with another one. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Tell us uh, an example of the most remarkable example of transformation of help you've provided to one of your clients, the one that really stands out. It's hard, it's hard to pick because uh, yeah, I think of, I think of like three different situations. I think the one that's the I guess the sexiest is. Uh, do you remember when fidget spinners were out? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So. We got contacted by some guy like randomly. Um, I don't know how he got my email. He just emailed me, and he was like, "Hey, I want to have a call with you." And I remember actually, I was at the I was at the cross border summit at the time. Yes, and yes. I think I think I was on a panel, so I was like, oh, "I'm busy, but I will be available from this time to this time." He said, "No problem," and he said, "I'll talk to you at that time." I'm like jumping in between a panel to go talk to this guy 30 minutes, you know, like I'm really uh, kind of sacrificing my time. And then he didn't show up. And then wow. I contacted him again. He, he just disappeared. He ghosted. Two weeks later, I get an email from him saying, oh, sorry, you know, whatever. He made some excuse. And then he asked me if we could look into fidget spinners. And I said, okay. So we started looking to fidget spinners the next day so the first day he was like hey um we're looking to do like five thousand units or something like that the next day it was 30. 30,000. Two days later 30,000 yeah two days later he says 200,000 <laughs> and we started thinking like wait what's going on here like uh yeah this guy is he scamming us like wait, you know is he wasting yeah. our time the only reason why we even gave him a quote at the time is because we were already researching fidget spinners. So it wasn't like something that would take too, too much of our time. But when he started talking about 200,000 units, I said to him, I was like, we need to get on a call. Yeah. We get on a call. He's like, okay, look, I work for this guy who I like, I'm a consultant for this guy who has an order from Walmart. He was like, they just did 40,000 or 30,000 uh, uh, fidget spinners airshipped which were bad they were all like rusted and stuff like that so that's why the numbers jumped like that and then they just got a po from walmart that was worth like a little bit over two million dollars wow but he said i need you to give me the quotes within the next 48 hours because i'm flying to china in three days <laughs> wow and if and if you can set up some factory visits that would be great as well sure now i don't wow. know if people understand it's one aspect to get a quote, but it's another aspect to get like, let's say five, six different quotes of that quantity and to set up factory visits for somebody that's arriving in three days. And right? to drop everything else you have you had planned beforehand. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. And during that time period, because fidget spinners had blown up, like a lot of factories just didn't have the, the capacity to do. And he said that the order had to be done in, in a week, like in seven days. Wow. So a lot of factories didn't have the capacity to, to, um, to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so we, we knew that we had to put together like three, four different factories. Sure. Uh, when we arrived, um, we went to his factory, the one that was um, making the other one. And, you know, I very quickly assessed that that factory was not a good supplier. They were using cheap materials. This is the reason mm -hmm. why the stuff was rusting. They had made promises they couldn't keep. And um, basically within 48 hours, we put together a network of, of fidget spinner factories, found the stainless steel bearings, because I remember there was like some mm -hmm. issue with that. And this guy, like the factory boss, is like calling people up north and you know, he's importing <laughs> stainless steel bearings. Put together three, four different factories um, to make that order that was worth a little bit over two million within seven days. Uh, we were managing the factories, like my team was managing the factories. The guy sent over the, the wire transfer. Remember, we signed the contract with the factory and midnight, the wire transfer was sent. It arrived the next morning. The rest of my team came from Guangzhou. So I had four employees, three employees. One was my uh, the manager and then the other two were going between the factories, inspecting the products as they were being produced, inspecting the shipments as they were being loaded onto a plane. And we sent over three, four different shipments within that seven days successfully. And it was crazy. Like it was insane to, oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to put together, yeah, to put together that many factories in that short space of time to produce that much product to make it successfully, not even like um, the product was bad quality or anything. Yeah, we did exactly what they needed us to do. And the amount of money involved with it and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And you go from like the week, two weeks before that doing a, you know, an order of like, you know, 5,000 sneakers or something like that to 500,000 bearings, 500,000 fidget spinners for Walmart. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I don't think there's many companies that could have done that in my mm -hmm. opinion. That's, that's how I, that, that's why I think it's special. So what would you say was what allowed you to pull it off? Well, because we're uh, one of our company values is speed and also transparency because we didn't, we didn't uh, put a markup on those goods. They paid the factory uh, directly. So yeah. they, it was like, if we were marking up those goods, then it becomes a situation where you have to like talk to the factory. Don't tell the customer the price, mm. you know, like there's a little Sneaky, bit yeah. of extra. Yeah. yeah. And then you can't like just do things because you're worried about the customer finding out certain information or you take the customer to the wrong factory so that they don't know about the real factory. Like, so that's what I mean. I think speed and transparency really allowed us mm -hmm. to do that. And then my team is, we, we're, we have, we have good systems. Like, um, like I told you before, um, I, I like systems. So we were able to like, I stayed in Guangzhou, the factories were in Shenzhen, I was able to manage my team remotely while they were basically living in Shenzhen for a week. Um, and, you know, they took our systems, we're dealing with like, at the time, I think our project management system was Asana. And then we're talking, we're creating tasks in Asana, talking in Slack, um, uploading everything to Google Drive so the, the client could um, see the inspection reports in real time, you know, working with the client on Google Drive as well things like that. Like, uh, so I think the systems and speed and transparency are the reasons why we could do that.
Yes, I agree. Especially the transparency. That's huge. That's huge. That's amazing. Yeah, because I mean, of course, we if we marked up the products, we probably could have made more money. But I mean, we made a pretty decent amount of money for seven days' work. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was not. I have zero regrets about about sure. how we did. And I'm sure the fact that you were transparent and not adding an extra markup to them that earned you the trust of that company. And I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if they referred more business to you as a way to thank well, you. We ended up we ended up doing um, smaller orders on fidget spinners with them, and mm -hmm. then some other some other toys that they. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we ended up like doing quite a bit of business with them over the course of a year. Of course, of course, of course, yeah. It's how business is. It's all about trust and transparency. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the theme of this podcast is leaders with a heart and uh, building businesses that are more than just about <clears throat> building a business for the sake of money, but also to to have an impact, to build a business with a cause and a purpose. Is there, What would you say is a cause that you are, Rico, most passionate about? Was it I'm most passionate about? I think I would say education. You know, I mean, I, I think I was... I was privileged in the way I grew up, like the mm -hmm. education that I had. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even just talking about school. Like I'm talking mm -hmm. about the fact that I got to travel from a very young age and opened up my mind uh, a lot. Um, I think my experiences traveling from that age are a big part of the reason why moving to China I was not scary to me. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, a, uh, yeah, I've done this before. You know, I've I've done this since I was a kid. So I think one of the things um, in terms of legacy that I've always thought about is if I could somehow put together an academy in Zambia that was maybe taking kids that have a lot of potential from families that couldn't afford to send them to private school. And then not just that them having a private school education, but also having trips around the world to different countries and learning about different cultures and having those experiences and then you know just seeing how that could positively affect the country in the future absolutely if you build up people like that yeah i love that i love that yeah That's and then amazing. in general education wise um you know i mean this having conversations like this uh sharing knowledge about about asia about life things that you know, if you grow up in a certain culture or you have certain beliefs, you don't really understand what's possible. Um, you know, when I show pictures of of where I live in BGC, and I mean, I don't know if people can see the background, but when I show pictures of where I live in BGC, people get surprised. Like, oh, wait, Philippines looks like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that, yeah. there are places in the Philippines that are really developed and, and really mm -hmm. awesome to live in. And that's just not Philippines. There's... You know, in Indonesia, there's uh, oh, Vietnam. Yeah. You know, there's, mm -hmm. yeah, there's all these all these countries that you might have a perception of. You know, I like to educate people about those things. At the same time, I want to keep the Philippines as a, a little bit of a secret. <laughs> for as long well, as the cat possible. is out of the bag, my friend. It's already pretty well uh, known yeah. for people. Yeah, I've made too many videos about Philippines. It's not mainstream, stage. mainstream yet, but uh, yep. people are starting. Well, to... that's. Well, that's why I like it as well. Is like it's still even the beaches. People don't understand the quality of the beaches here. Oh yes, and the ocean here. Like they don't understand that you can jump into your car and drive three hours yeah. and be at like one of the best beaches in the world. Yeah. 
<laughs> not just in the Philippines. You yeah, know? what, like at 7,200 uh, islands in the Philippines, islands, something yeah. like that? Yeah, people people don't understand. Like, it's it's something else. Yeah, not the yet. lifestyle is, we can do an entire, not just episode, but an entire show, entire podcast, just on the yeah. lifestyle in Asia. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. When I keep, but listen, when I keep telling people here, like when I was living in Hong Kong for $20, you can fly to Vietnam for $50 to Bangkok or Phuket or whatever, $100 mm-hmm. to 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 bali they think i'm i'm crazy they cannot even imagine that and yeah. when you mentioned earlier that you were paying like 150 dollars for for an apartment and uh, for your place in guangzhou mind you, you're not balling but still at the same time yeah. i was talking with one of my cousins here the other day he's doing very well he actually is is is, is, is a welder after finishing high school instead of going to university i told him listen go go take a trade he followed my my advice now he's in 24 is making over six figures as a welder and is renting a studio and uh mm-hmm. for people that know it young and shepherd in toronto it's a nice area but nothing fancy a studio for yeah. 2500 that's ridiculous <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> you know for 2500 for a thousand dollars less than that, he could mm-hmm. rent a hundred and twenty plus square meter condo wow. on, like, you know, overlooking the the whole city. You know what I mean? It's 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 well, insane. In Bali, you can have your own villa with a private swimming pool for like what five hundred dollars a month. Mm. You know, in Kuala Lumpur, yeah. you can get an amazing condo and a brand spanking new, uh, you know, building with all the facilities of a five star resort for like four or five six hundred dollars a month same thing yeah. in bangkok you know and it's it's unbelievable it's something that words cannot describe you have to yourself experience it, to experience believe it, in it yeah. and once you do it your world will be different you will not be able to go back to paying two thousand dollars just and let me tell you just quickly another example last year during the pandemic i couldn't wait to travel but i couldn't so i was even because we live in a in the suburbs of toronto i was even contemplating getting a condo for for a month inside Toronto, so I went on mm. Airbnb. One room and a shared flat with five other people, about fourteen hundred dollars. One room, <laughs> mind you, it's not downtown. It's like maybe uptown. But I said, you know what? Yeah. Screw that. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm gonna sit tight here with that that fourteen hundred. I can get a baller place and anywhere in, in Asia. So just to give you how crazy it is. I like blowing people's minds when it comes to that kind of stuff, like the misconceptions, even, even, I mean, I think now people understand it a little bit more, but like mm-hmm. the Chinese cities, like just the, the scale and mm-hmm. the metropolis nature of those cities, it kills North America right now. Oh yeah. Like, not, I don't think there's any city, maybe New York, but then New York is old, right? Like if you look at all these other places, like the, it's brand new and they're huge and it's amazing you know the first time that was really blown away in my life and again i lived in 10 countries on four continents was the first time i, I arrived not in hong kong but in guangzhou and the new town Zhejiang, new towns new town i said holy smoke is that china yeah i could not believe it you know yeah. and even the airports you know last time when i came uh, here visiting family for my sister's wedding in october of 2019 i had a transit on the way in in San Francisco, on the way back in Chicago. My God, the airports were completely like third world level level, you know, if not fourth world level. And in the contrast, even the train station in Hangzhou 
was way, way, way more modern, way better. It's not even talking about the airports, you know, it's absolutely mind blowing. No, in that case, it's yeah, and, and we're we're talking we're talking about fe- uh, first tier cities in, in yeah. China. I'm talking about San Francisco yeah. and and yep. and Chicago and Dallas. I'm not talking about yep. uh, what do you call it, Knoxville, uh, whatever. You know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but then even, but then even second tier cities in China sometimes are, yeah. you know, because they're, they're also brand new, like oh, the yeah. infrastructures are are you know sometimes better than North America. Oh so. yeah, oh yeah, that that's a different. No, that's for sure. So anyone that that wants to be blown away and also, you know, to get their money to go way further to drastically, you know, upgrade the quality of living, go to Asia. Sorry, Rico, but the cat is out of the back, my friend. Maybe stay away from the Philippines. <laughs> leave the, the only, Philippines the to only, Rico. Uh, yeah, leave the Philippines to me. The only, the only negative thing about that is just obviously the more people come over, mm-hmm. everything becomes more expensive. I don't know what, which uh, place it was. I think it might have been Chiang Mai where I was talking to one of my friends who lived in Chiang Mai before everybody started going to Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. And like, let's say seven years ago or something like that. And he was like, yeah, you know, the places that I used to rent, which were, you know, a house, for example, brand new house, two bedroom, all this stuff, $300 a month, $250 a month, 300 with a maid, you know, like, you know ridiculous prices. He said now those places were like, you know, 600. It's like gone up twice just because there's a lot of expats there. You know, it's like, so that's Even the only, uh, such a, such a it's still cheap. It's still deal. cheap, yeah. but it's, it's gonna, it's uh, not going down. It's, it's just oh no, gonna oh con- no. continue going up, right? Like yeah, that's yeah. the only, that's the only negative side of it. But, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. Absolutely. Let me ask you now uh, to wrap up some fun questions. I know you have a, a very successful podcast. Let's say today for your podcast, you have the most special guest ever, yourself. What would be the first question you would ask yourself? And I don't want you to think too much. What is the first question that comes to your mind that you want to ask yourself on your podcast? That I want to ask myself? Yeah, that you always I want mean, to I, ask. I, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think I have one, or to be honest, but I think... One that comes to mind uh, spontaneously. I think the question that I always ask, one of the questions I always ask at the end of a podcast is, uh, what's the smallest thing you've done that's brought you the largest results? Oh, I love that. I usually ask it business-wise. So I think, and I've been asked the same question business-wise. So if I, if I was to say from a personal perspective, I think it was consciously deciding to make friends with people that had similar ambitions and goals to me what i mean by that is like you make friends in life most of the time from when you're a kid out of proximity you're not choosing your friends you go to school you're in class with this person and you become friends you um your parents are, are, are friends they put you guys together you become friends but sometimes like you get to an age where your ambitions, your goals, uh, the things that you guys dream about are different and, and the life path is different. So I remember I was hanging out in college with like my roommate and some of my classmates and stuff like that. And it was cool. Like we had fun together. But when I started talking about like business and entrepreneurship and my ambitions in terms of that, like they're just kind of looking at me like, who do you think you are? You know, and I was like, no, but I mean, I want to start a company. I want to do this. I want to travel. I want to do this, this and that. 
It was not encouragement. So at some stage, I don't remember which book I read, but I read work a book week. that I know it was before the four hour work week. Um, actually, one of my new friends introduced me to four hour work week. But it was just some book that I read that was just kind of talking about how you are the average of the five people that you spend the most amount of time exactly. with. Exactly. And it's ironic because your parents say that to you as a kid, like, you know, you know, you should have good friends around you and all that stuff. But yeah, I just decided one day I was like, I'm going to start looking for people that also want to do the same things as, as me, specifically in the business, travel, ambition, um, mm-hmm. self-improvement part of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started doing that, I, I started hanging out less with those guys, started hanging out with other guys. And these guys were, you know, encouraging me when i wanted to move to china they encouraged me they helped me like they you know they, they did things that they helped me learn even about of certain course. things that helped me when i was in china so i think mm. and then up to now we're still friends we, we're all um aligned in our in our sort of paths so i think yeah making sure that you consciously because i think people don't understand like you can actually decide to stop hanging out with people that have a negative influence in your life and find people that have a positive influence in your life. Um, and also just, I want to add to that. Some people might say, well, you know, I don't know. I'm in a small town and you know, there aren't, there aren't that many people that have the same ambitions as me. My advice in that situation would be start to listen to podcasts and consume content by people that, are like that because I, I was doing that as well when I first moved to China because um, you know, I was teaching English and I, was, I wasn't really hanging out with a lot of entrepreneurs and things like that. So I had to mm-hmm. just kind of jump into the podcast world and really, really just like consume content from people that were talking about things that I was thinking about, right? Until Absolutely. you start to meet people like that in real life as well. Absolutely. No, podcasting is huge because it builds you. Yep. It gives you a voice. It, it gives you a connection to people that you could not even imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What's your superpower? We all have a superpower. What's Rico's superpower? <laughs> dancing on tables? Yeah, probably <laughs> dancing on tables. <laughs> dancing on tables. Um, I, I don't know. What's my superpower? Uh, I, I mean, I, again, I don't think about it like... There's one. I think that there's multiple. It might sound a little bit cocky, but I think I'm very good at reading people. Okay. I think that I, it's almost a stage where you can I can almost predict sometimes people's behavior. And then mm. when I was younger, and this is more so when I was younger and single, you end up using it in a way to like uh, you know get girls and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also translated, it's translated into so many aspects of my life and, and I'm mostly, I'm mostly correct. Like I'm most of the time I'm really, really correct. I can sort of analyze somebody kind of guess what kind of person they are or guess how they would react in certain situations or react to something. And then when it happens, it, it kind of, it's not a surprise to me. Is that a superpower that you were born with or something that you had to, to hone through the years? And, and I think I was born with it because I was always like, even as a kid, I was always like, 
the therapist of everyone. I never understood like why did why does everybody like to open up to me? Like I, it was always one of those things. Like mm-hmm. even adults. I remember when I was I was uh, 17, 17, 18, mm-hmm. 18. I was in college, and I remember meeting um, some like family friends or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and uh, there was an random older guy there, and we just started talking about random stuff. He was asking me about college. And then next thing you know, he's like telling me about his, you know, life and divorces and all this stuff, like stuff that I just felt like, is this the kind of stuff you would talk to an 18 year old about? Like, exactly. it seems a little bit more grown than, than I need to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that used to happen to me a lot. Like I'll have older people uh, open up to me and uh, people my age open up to me or ask me for my perspective on things. So I think I've always, maybe people and people. I think people can um, can sense it. I think I've always just been been able to read people really well. Nice, awesome. And of course, I've, I'm interested in psychology, so I did end up like reading a lot of books about psychology and sociology and all that stuff. So, you know, there's a natural skill there, but then mm-hmm. you know, there's some small yeah. foundation as well. Absolutely. You know, we all have a purpose, a mission for being here in this life. What would you say is your mission in this life? My mission in this life. Your purpose of being here in this time and in this period? Maybe it's to educate people. I think maybe, yeah, I think educate people. Not just educate in that way, but I just mean about everything. Um, I, this is, I don't know, maybe a little bit personal but i'll say my last two girlfriends the relationships well no the the last one didn't end bad it just kind of ended uh because of covid actually because i didn't go back to china and we didn't see Uh each other for such a long time but um the, the previous girlfriend ended kind of bad in the sense of just arguing and things like this um and then my other my other girlfriend we didn't and bad but like there was definitely some conflict from time to time mm-hmm. and then what happened is with both those both of those girls let's say a year later or six months later they would come back to me and say i understand what you're trying to tell me like at the time i didn't i didn't mm-hmm. receive the information the way that i should have and what i'm saying is like it'll, it'll be things like don't be so negative you know, what I, mean? I say this a lot, actually, to people like, don't be so negative. Yes. Like, it's not it's not as bad as right. you think it is. Or I'll be like, uh, don't think about yourself like that. Like, I'll, I'll say things like that. Or I would, you know, try to help them build up their their confidence. Mm-hmm. Or just in general, um, small even other things. Like, I remember one time my ex-girlfriend was talking about how she wanted to be a movie star. Mm, wow. Except she just she didn't live in Hollywood. This is uh, my ex in China, and uh, so I asked her, I was like, "So, what's your what's your kind of like your plan?" So she's like, "Well, you know, eventually I want to go to Shanghai, and then when I go to Shanghai, I'm gonna start like taking acting classes and things like that, and then eventually I'm gonna go to Hollywood." But I was like, "Why don't you just start doing something like right now?" Exactly, I was about to say, yeah. Well, and she was like, "Well, you know, Guangzhou is not like Shanghai," and I was like, "Well." But I mean, you can start now on a small scale and 
you know, yeah. find people that have similar interests here and start making short movies or whatever just to just to practice like even you know just kind of start to learn why why wait until you're in shanghai and i remember that was a little bit of like you know don't tell me what to do kind of conversation but then that was another one of those things where later on she was like oh i understand what you're saying is like i can start small even if this is not like the end goal you need to start somewhere and then eventually you you go to those places so like i just think I I've had a lot of those kind of situations in life where you know I I taught somebody something uh, consciously or unconsciously. Absolutely. And just to add to that, you know, that's so true. You can we can all start at a small level and even if at the beginning, like I'm just starting my podcast less than a year. Yeah. Even if sometimes I feel like no one not many people are watching or listening, but you know what? Whatever doesn't matter God and the universe are always watching you. and when the right times comes it will bring the right people at your uh, you know in your path in front of you and i, I i'm i'm blown away rico i'm not kidding i have been approached recently by some absolutely incredible people of the highest level i'm mm-hmm. not going to say anything as on a live but i can tell you after but some of them are multiple new york times best seller some of them work with probably one of the the 0.001% in the world some of the wealthiest people in the world they've approached me or I've been connected with them through people I interviewed it's the point mm-hmm. is it's all about put yourself out there if you're doing something with with a good intention a good heart even though nobody else is, might be watching in the beginning the universe is watching god is watching and he's going to bring you into the into the attention and the orbit of the people that matters. Like a few days ago I was I just woke up and I checked my phone and I saw that a few of my posts on Instagram were liked by someone who I well, wasn't following before and he happens to be a multiple uh New York Times bestseller. He was part of the uh, original The Secret movie, one of the uh founders, one of the main characters, John Dr. John yeah. Asaraf. I don't know if you I'm sure if you heard of him. A mega 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 profile. I wasn't following that guy and and on Instagram there must have been there must be currently like what almost 3 billion uh, people I'm still speechless how he found about me how he, he he just managed and again I'm not boasting about having my post liked by by someone like that that's very shallow it's just that the point is someone of that magnitude noticed me or or, or somehow I was you know brought to his attention that that's a lesson i want to to focus on it's even though you feel that no one is 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 watching you or whatever keep doing keep doing at a small level you know keep putting yourself out there and if you're doing you know something good you're doing good with a good intention and with pure intentions people will start taking notice and all it takes you know i had to you know to use the uh the catchy sentence from click funnels you just one funnel away you just one contact away just one one connection away you know <laughs> so so yeah that i love that that's amazing listen rico we can talk for hours and actually we've been talking well, Lorenzo, for like two hours now one 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 dance away on the table oh that's for you my friend that's for you we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll save that for medilla as soon as i'm back because so, some, some, somebody you noticed me on the table dancing <laughs> who is that yeah I, I, no 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 we will, we will we will we will stream live it on on Instagram on Facebook on on YouTube you you will become a, a superstar you all the superstar but let me ask you one last question let's say that 
you were to become the president, not of Canada or whatever, but of the entire planet Earth, what is the first thing you would do to make this world a better place? It's that's a weird one because it feels like a, a Miss America type of uh, <laughs> Miss World type of answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why anybody should be hungry. You know, like uh, there is enough money in this world and resources that everybody can be fed. So that would be one of the first things. It's just that obviously a lot of people like to to hoard their nuts and not share. So, but I think that would be one of the first things I would uh, I would address. And then, of course, education and, and shelter. And I'll start with education. Um, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Yep. As I said, listen, we can talk for hours. You're an incredible person, a, a great friend of mine, and also a true leader with a heart and a light and soul. I can see that on top of being probably the, the best table dancer in all of, you know, Asia, probably. <laughs> um, we can make a we can make a competition of that. I'll, I'll let that for you because you, you, you're good it's at all, organizing all of- events. It's all of Eurasia. Exactly, exactly. So if someone wants to reach out to Eureka, what's the best way to do so? I think right now it would be to go to the the summit because I'm I'm heavily involved with that savedigitalsummit.com. You know, there's a contact us page there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually like, I read every email, you know, uh, because we're early stage right now. So I'm really Mm -hmm. paying attention to everything that's going on. If you respond to an email that you get from the summit, it goes to me as well as my business partner. So that's the best way to contact me. Also just to add, I think one more thing would be our Instagram at sourcewineasia.com. Okay. I mean, at sourcewineasia. That would be another okay. thing. Sounds awesome, my friend. I salute you. Have a wonderful day. Right. Evening for you, it's evening. It's past midnight. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Main Cheddar Podcast. If you want to reach out to us, it's podcast at sourcefinasia.com. If you want to check out the show notes from the episode that you just watched, that's sourcefinasia.com slash made in China. And be sure to also check out our YouTube channel, Source Asia. All one word. Cheers. Yeah.